this morning, we're going to be talking about um, just a little about a little bit about ourselves and a little bit about individuality and a little bit about thinking outside the box. I want you guys to say that with me. Out the box. Out the box. Out the box. That's today's word. It's about being out the box. And it's not what you think supposedly that, you know, out of the box. But let's just kind of talk about what that means. Today, we live in a world, you know, where innovation and creativity is fundamentally necessary to be profitable in business. Right. And so to stay up on uh, to stay up to date on current trends and to develop or evolve in the growing technology age, because our world is constantly moving, is constantly booming. But socially, you know, we have to be creative and we have to find ways to be creative in the things that we do in order for that to happen. So socially is not always acceptable. OK, it's not always accepted that um, people are going to accept what you do, your ideas, your new, uh, your witty inventions and your creativity is not always going to be accepted because it defies traditional practices and biases because it gives a highway to new ideas that changes how a person might view things. So our own philosophy may not be the same philosophy for the world. Because we may do things based on our own creativity, based on our own ability, which, which brings light to who we are as a person. So individually, creativity is a value part of a person's personality because it gives a, it gives a way to um, express your ability and your self-creativity. And lastly, creativity gives an opportunity to think outside the box. Okay? It thinks outside of conformity because some, sometimes we are conformed to certain things. We conform to certain rules and expectations, but they don't control us when we walk in creativity. The norms are changed in creativity. It even changes political and social expectations. And so sometimes we have to look at ourselves differently. And how do God see us as being creative and how do we liken ourselves in creativity? And are we out the box? Right. And so I'm here to talk about being out of the box. OK, so let's talk about creativity just a little bit more as far as the definition and where it came from. It's a state of quality of being creative, the ability to transcend traditional ideas and rules and patterns and relationships or the like. And to create meaningful, meaningful new ideas and forms and methods and interpretations. It even goes on to originality, progressiveness, and ma imagination. So creativity gives light to so many different things, but it changes the way we see things. It gives us a new insight on how we do things and how we may operate. But this morning, I'm here to talk about a man, but all God, all God. I'm not talking about just a man. I'm talking about all God who was creative, who have uh, had to give to this world a original state. He gave something that that was formed in originality, a new interpretation, a new government of life under his father's will. I'm talking about Jesus 
because Jesus was out the box. And the way we may think things and the way we may interpret things may be different from the way he viewed things because he viewed things based on his father will. And the things that he did was based on what his father had given instruction for. So us as believers, we should be walking in the exact same way that we are following our father's will. We should be following Jesus. We should be liking ourselves to what he do. Our life should be a representation of what he do and not what we do because he brought something new to the world. And that originality is new to the Christian experience and to salvation. So let's talk about that out the box. I want you guys to turn to John, the eighth chapter. We're going to talk about out the box and how Jesus viewed out being out of the box and what that interpretation looked like to us as believers. I want you to turn to John eight reading um, from verse 36 and we're reading from the Christian standard Bible. I love that Bible. I love this Bible because I'm used to reading the New King James Version, which is really in-depth. It's, you know, everybody have their uh, opinions about it. But the Christian Standard Bible just kind of give us a more detailed, more realistic view on what Jesus is saying and what God is saying in this interpretation of life. So in John, the eighth chapter and uh, reading in verse 36, 36, it says, so if the sun sets you free, you really will be free. So we heard that in the King James Version. If you read that, it'll probably say who the sun has set free is free indeed. But I love the Christian Standard Bible because it says, so if the sun sets you free, same thing, you really will be free. And I think sometimes we doubt the things that we know that is true. And we, we doubt ourselves because we look at what has been. We look at this world. We look at our, our, our life as, as the example of what we should be. But God see us from a different light. And he said, you are free today. You are out of the box. You are not the same person that you was. I have freed you from condemnation. I have freed you from sin. You are out of that same life that you were. You are out into a new life and a new expression of life. You are out of the box. And sometimes we beat ourselves up and we say, I can never be free from the stigmas of my sin. When you remember the things that held you bound, you feel so insignificant. You feel so sad because you know how bad you felt. And then the stigmas of it is how people view you, how they interpret you. You say to yourself, I can never be free from the mess I created with my life. So you have all this condemnation inside because you know how you lived your life. And how could a good God like that tell me that I'm free when he knew the things that I was doing? The things when I said I was a believer and I accepted his name. And then when I asked for forgiveness and I changed my life, how could he forgive me? He knew that I changed on him, that I hurt my family, that I hurt myself. How could he forgive a wretched person like me? You may even go on to say, I will always be the person that I have created because of the things I have done. See, sometimes we create the 
the uh, 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 experience of life. And sometimes we do things that jeopardize our freedom. There's many people who are locked up in jail today that should not be locked up. They're in prison. They're in places where they should not be. They're in a jail of, uh, uh, of abusing drug or drug addiction or alcoholism, you know, because they had a life maybe of crime or maybe they was a spousal abuser and they got themselves locked up. And maybe they they hurt someone or killed someone. And now they're in a place where they have no freedom and they feel bound. But I'm speaking to the person who feels bound today. I'm speaking to the person who is in the prison that you are free. And the Bible says who the son has set free is free indeed. You are out of the box. You are out of the chains. You are out of bondage. This is what Jesus Christ has said. And he did not say this based on himself because he said this based on his father's will. And we're going to learn more about that. So I want you to turn to John, the eighth chapter. We're already there, right? I want you to read at verse two. And it says here, we're going to read a minute. I'm going to share a little story with you. And down at dawn, I'm sorry, he went to the temple again. We're speaking of Jesus. And all the people were coming to him. He sat down and began to teach them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees, mind you, scribes and Pharisees, brought a woman caught in adultery, making her stand in the center. Teacher, they said to him, this woman was caught in the act of committing adultery. In law of Moses, in the law of Moses, it commanded us to stone such a woman, basically to stone her to death. She was going to lose her, lose her life for committing adultery according to the law, according to what has been practiced and before, because this is what they live by. And then it says, so what do you say? They asked this to entrap Jesus in order that they might have evidence to accuse him. Jesus stooped down and started writing on the ground with his finger. And when they persisted in questioning him, he stood up and said to them, the one without sin among you should be the first to throw a stone at her. Now, the beautiful part about the law and about truth is that in order to operate in it, you have to abide in it. And if these men were walking in truth, they could have picked up a stone and stoned her. But because they were not walking in truth, condemnation in within themselves, knowing the lives that they live, being men of the cloth, calling themselves Sadducees and men of faith, they were living a crooked life. And the truth was revealed in their actions that they was condemned within themselves and they had to leave. Then he stooped down again and continued writing on the ground. And when they heard this, they left one by one, starting with the older men. Only he was left. We're talking about Jesus with the woman in the center. They put this woman in the center of the crowd. They made a spectacle of her. They were stigmatizing her. 
They were condemning her. They were judging her. They were ready to kill and murder her based on their perception and their belief of the law. And this is what Jesus' belief is. And this is his perception. When Jesus stood up, he said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. She answered, neither do I condemn you, said Jesus. Go and from now on, do not sin anymore. See, Jesus knew that what she had did was wrong. And some people may want to look at this passage and say, well, he was looking at her heart that she really was walking in forgiveness. I'm not going to argue that, but I will say this. Jesus already made up his mind. He wanted to rescue her. He wanted to save her out of bondage. He wanted to free her from her accusers. He wanted to rescue her out of the box of her condemnation. And that was his intent in this moment. And it says, go on. And from now on, don't sin anymore. And when he told and spoke that to her, he was releasing her to his way, his new way of doing things, how how his father has taught him to live and what she should be doing. Now she should be following him and now she can do it. And then I want you to read on. And Jesus spoke to them again in verse um, uh, uh, John 8 and 2 through 11. It says, then Jesus spoke to them again. I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Did you hear that? Do you hear how significant that was after he spoke to his this woman who was committing adultery, caught in the very act of adultery? Mm -hmm. He says, if you change your life and you follow me, you will never walk in darkness. You will never have a, a, a condemnation because there is therefore now no condemnation in in those who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And so let's keep on reading. I want you to go to John 8, the same chapter, reading at verse 15. It says, Jesus says to the Pharisees after this is all done and said, he says, you judge by human standards. He says, I judge no one. Let me read that again. You judge by human standards. I judge no one. Now, this is kind of strange because um, isn't Jesus the judge? In reality, what Jesus is saying, he says, I am not the judge, but my father in heaven is the judge. I am the mediator of those who are, have backslidden. I'm the remediator for those who want to repent from from their way of, of a crooked life, who are caught in bondage, who are in jail and in prison. I am your way. And so it goes on. It says, if I do judge, my judgment is true because it is not I alone who judge, but I am the father who sent me. 
Even in your law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. And this is what he says. I am the one who testifies about myself and the father who sent me testifies of me. He's saying that in the testament of two people, things are revealed because now you have not just one person saying it. You have two people saying it. And what Jesus is saying that that I do, I have permission to do. And that that I'm doing is all right by my father. And so with that being said, he testifies that what I'm doing is right. And so it's not about your witness. It's about what he says about me, because my standard is higher than man's standard and your standards are below. You need to understand what my standards so you may able to grow and develop into the person you need to be. So it goes on. I want you to go right back. And to um, verse 12, it says, Jesus spoke to them again. I am the light. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness, but I will have the light, but will have the light of life. You guys need to understand that in verse 12, because when you follow what Jesus Christ does, you will have the light of life. Your light is no more, you're, you're not going to walk in darkness anymore, that you will obtain life and that life will be light in your life. So let's read on because we're really studying John 8 today. Go to verse 23. He says, Jesus says, and he's still speaking to the Pharisees. You are from below. He told them, I am from above. You are of this world and I'm not of this world. Therefore, I told you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. And so what he's trying to say them, to them is that I understand that you understand the law. I understand you've been practicing the word, but I came with a new originality. I came with a new vision for Christianity and you are to believe what I'm telling you. And because you don't believe you are in darkness and because you are in darkness, you are sinning because you will not come to the truth. You won't come to the knowledge of the truth. And that's what I'm not walking in. I didn't call you to that. I called you to the come into the marvelous light because I am of life. I am of truth. And so let's go on to read here. Thank you, Jesus. Therefore, I told you that you will die in your sins. And I don't think Jesus wanted these men to die in their sins. He actually was trying to get their attention so that they would become free. That they will become out of the box and not no longer stay in the box of their own way and their own deception and their own blindness and their own wickedness. He wanted them to be free from that bondage of judgment and stigmas and biases and hatred. So let's move on. Verse 25. Who are you? They questioned. Exactly. What I've been telling you from the very beginning, Jesus told them, I have many things to say and to judge about you. But one, the one who sent me is true. And what I've heard from him, these things I tell the world 
Keep on reading. Let's go to 20, uh, uh, verse 28. So Jesus said to them, when you lift up the son of man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own. He was talking about the day of the Pentecost. I'm sorry, not the Pentecost. It was the day of, uh, 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 of crucifixion where he crucified. He was crucified on the cross. He was speaking of, of something that was going to come in the future. But I don't believe they understood what he was talking about. And it says, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own. But Jesus as the father, but just as the father taught me, I say these things. Verse 28. The one who sent me is with me and he has not left me alone because I always do what pleases him. So the, what his actions are in the day that he saved and brought out uh, that woman who was caught in the midst of adultery, he saved her. He rescued her. Mm -hmm. He said, that pleases my father. And the things that I do is what he's called me to do. You may see things in the old way, in the old light, but I came to give you something new. And this is the new way for Christianity. This is the new way of salvation. It may not be something that you have been accustomed to do because you've been used to your traditions. But those traditions are no more. Now that God, my father, has started a new thing in me. Because I do the things that pleases him. Let's move on. Verse 31. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him. Woo, glory to Jesus. Not, so you got people who don't believe, who call themselves of God. Then you have some on the sidelines who do believe. And it says, and Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him. If. You continue in my word, glory to God. You really are my disciples. It's not these people that you see proclaiming the word, who are studied in the word, who have knowledge in the word, but their ways are crooked. He says right here, you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. You will know the truth and you will be out of the box. You will no longer be in bondage. You will be set free. John 8, 31. Jesus responded, truly, I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. A slave does not remain in the household forever. Who catch this right here? But a son does remain forever. A slave do not remain in the household forever. But a son does remain forever. Like, let me break that down because there's much to say about this. He says, if you submit yourself to sin, you are be a sin. You are slave to sin. He said, but a slave does not remain in the household because you are a slave to sin. You can't you won't be kicked out. You're not going to stay there. There's no way you can stay there as a slave. God says, I only have sons in this house. I only have daughters in this house. And he says, I'm a son of God. And therefore, you are sons and daughters of God. Because if you keep on reading, it says, but as a son does remain forever. So if the son sets you free, 
Who are we talking about, Jesus? So if the Son sets you free, you really will be free. It don't matter what people say. It don't matter what your past was. It don't matter about the stigmas. It don't matter how bad you made a mistake. It don't matter how bad you failed. You have an inheritance in heaven. You have a holy uh, 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 projection. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's read on. Read on. So the devil wants us to continue in bondage, right? Mm -hmm. He wants us to be entangled in sin. He wants us to be, not be free from man's opinion. He wants us to walk in condemnation. He, wants us, he, he don't want us to leave, be free from the life that we had. But that is the lie of the devil. That's the lie of this world. It doesn't matter who your parents were. It doesn't matter how bad they treated you or what people did to you and the things you became because of what had happened in your experiences. God has freed us today yes. from the bondage of the lie, Amen. the bondage of this world expectations, you, the Lord. bondage of the stigmas, the bondage of unforgiveness and bitterness, the lie. Jesus says today you are out of the box and you're free to live your life out with purpose. You are free to inherit your blessing from God. You're free to live a life without regret. You're free to do all that you were created to be. You are out of the box. You are set free in the name of Jesus Christ, by Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. John 8, 42. You need to know the other side because sometimes we get in the box and get trapped. Well, let me tell you what that looks like. Jesus said to me, said to them in verse 42, if God were your father, you would love me. Because I came from God and I am here. For I didn't come on my own, but he sent me. Why don't you understand what I say? Because you cannot listen to my word. You are the father. You are of your father, the devil. Yep, he said it. You are of the, your father, the devil. He is not claiming you no more. You're no longer a son. You are not, uh, you're, not you're a slave in this house. So you got to get out the house. You, you worship and you do the things of your father, the devil. Because you won't believe what I'm telling you. I'm telling you, you out the box. I'm telling you, you're free. I'm telling you, no longer in bondage. Who are you going to believe? You're going to believe me or you'll believe this world? Amen. You're going to believe what the people keep telling you? Are you going to believe what I'm telling you? You're free today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're out of the box. <laughs> Hallelujah. You are your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature because he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Who among you can convict me of sin? I am telling the truth. Why don't you believe me? The one who is from God listens to God's word. Let me say that one more time. The one who is from God listens to God's word. This is why you don't listen 
because you are not of God. So when the, the devil come to you and try to bring back that lie, you make sure you put him in his place. You are not of God. Because you don't do the thing that pleases God. You're not saying the thing that pleases God. You're walking in your own nature, the world's nature. But Jesus Christ came to set me free. I'm no longer under bondage. I'm no longer under condemnation. I am out of the box of your lie. I'm out of the box of your condemnation. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to give you this last passage with you. And that's just why you need to do this. I want you to turn to Matthew really quick. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. We're going to turn to Matthew. One of God's disciples. One true disciples, Matthew. Hallelujah. Not a Pharisee. A true disciple. Mm -hmm. Matthew chapter 7. Verse 13. It says... Enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the road broad that leads to destruction. We have to really consider this because Matthew is talking of what Jesus said. His instructions. There's a broad gate. Everybody's going the broad way. This is what seems right to everyone. But Jesus says here, enter through the narrow gate. There's only one way. That's his way. That's God's way. Amen. It's narrow. It may not be what the world expected to be. It may not be what you want it to be. But it is the right way. Enter through the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the road is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who go through it. How narrow is the gate and difficult the road that leads to life? And few find it. The road is narrow. His way is straight. Do not turn to the left. Do not turn to the right. God is on that road with you, just like he was with Jesus Christ in the midst of people who, who did not believe in him, in the midst of the people who did not want to, to, to trust in his way. Being the son of the living God, he fought them with the word of God. And that's what you shall do because you're out of the box. Oh, Heavenly Father, let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for your word. For letting us know how free and how redeemed we are because of your blood. The testimony of your blood. The washing of our sins, God. And freeing us from bondage because of what you did on the cross. On Calvary, God. Then you went further than that, God. You went into hell. Where the devil himself thought he was going to keep us bound. Because of our sins, Lord. And you took the keys of life and death from him. And you rebuked him. And you bound him, God. And then you rose on the third day with all power in your hands, Jesus. For our freedom. For our liberty. For our justice, God. You did that for us. This is what we believe. And this is what we shall stand on. And we thank you for it, God. If there be anything in me. Anything in us 
that displeased you based on the lie, based on the deception, based on believing what the world believed and not believing your word. Forgive us, God. We ask these things in Jesus name. Amen.